Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com, your home for the best free fantasy basketball tools on the interwebs. Go check them out, HashtagBasketball.com. I'm your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me as always is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler? Oh, Michael, it is a great day. We're going to I mean, talk about a very fun topic today, and I am excited about that. Yeah, we are um, trying to run out a, a, a consistent type of uh, cadence here at the beginning of the season. Um, and, and really, this is from uh, some feedback that we've gotten from our listeners, and we really appreciate that feedback. And I hope you guys are liking it. If you are liking it, or if you're not liking it even, uh, ch- hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. You can find... Tyler at Tyler P Watts, or you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash watching the boxes and interact with us. And really you have the ability to shape this show in the direction that you want it. And what we've been doing is uh, doing the buy lows and sell highs for each week as we move along. And I I feel like this is uh, questions that we get asked a lot. It's topics that people want to hear. And so if this is what you like, let us know. If this is not what you like uh, and want to hear something else, let us know that. We, we, we'd really appreciate it. And here's the other thing, too. Um, we're going to talk about our trade here maybe in a little bit. And I think that if you guys have questions that you really want us to talk about in depth on here, I, I think we can make that happen at, at any point. Um, all you got to do is ask. So Yeah, I actually – I like the idea of taking some of the, the more interesting questions. The So sometimes I'll, we'll get some questions that I'm like, yeah, that's, that's an obvious one or no, don't, don't ever do that trade. That's a terrible idea. But sometimes we get a question uh, so, and sometimes it's about like a philosophy of like, what, what do you do in these certain situations? So like uh, in the mailbag episode that we did not that long ago, we got a question about how to treat injured players coming off the IR. Well, that's a very interesting question. There's a lot of uh, permutations that can come out of that. There's a lot of different ways to approach it. But um, that is part of the fancy basketball game. Like you do need kind of a strategy, kind of a a forethought when it comes to guys who are injured, whether they're really good or medium players or just not not even so good players. You still need to have a strategy when they're about to come off the IR, when you should trade them, you should start them. Those are really interesting questions. And uh, this is kind of a more straightforward question, and we might as well talk about this. This comes from Tyler Stevens. Shout out to Tyler. Uh, and I, I assume he's listening to the podcast, so shout out to him on this podcast. Um, he had a pretty interesting trade question. Uh, this is a trade I hadn't heard uh, before. because, it, And when you're trading high-end guys, it's kind of uh, it gets a little dicey in my opinion. So there's one specific reason, and I'll let you explain the trade first. There's one specific reason I really like the fact that he made this trade. So we'll get into that in a second. Um, so yeah, he uh, is asking, should I trade away, trade away Giannis and Clint Capello to get back Harden and Marcus Gasol? And you could kind of tell, like, there's there's a strategy, like, the two two guys in one p- uh, side of that trade fit a certain strategy, and two guys on the other side of that, that trade fit a, a different strategy. 
And so that's that to me is the first part that I find this interesting. But also when you're trading someone like Giannis and Harden, I mean that's a whole another that's a whole debate in itself. Yeah, and so okay, so this he he let me know this was a twelve team nine category league, um, so we can shape it in that context too, um, if you want. And the thing I really liked about it is he's trading two poor free throw assets for two very good free throw assets, and the way I like to play head to head is I like to try to keep my options open on winning categories every week. And Clint Capella is one of those guys who pretty much eliminates you from winning free throws. And Giannis doesn't super help you in, in winning that category. Um, so I really like the trade in that aspect. I also think if you frame it that way and look at Capella's negative as far as free throws go, you could be getting the two best players. Like, I don't think there's going to be any argument that Harden is better than Giannis. And, you know, Marcus Saul is going to shoot fairly well from the free throws. Now, his field goal percentage might hurt you enough that Capella still ranks higher. But at the same time, I like Gasol's ability to get those kind of specialty stats, right? He's going to get you really good rebound or really good assists that. Uh, Clint Capella is obviously not going to get you. So I really like the trade and I told him to do it um, for those reasons. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Giannis, while um, fantastic and amazing, has some holes in his game. And we, we've talked about those before. And I, I will still stand by the statement, even though Giannis is averaging well, and you completely oh, changed 14 your... rebounds. You know, it's insane. You completely changed your three pointers, too, right? Because neither man makes a free throw on the one side and you got Harden and Gasol who gets you like over one and three pointer games. So that kind of completely changed that category too. Yeah. This is like in a nine cat league feels like a right type of trade, uh, but it depends on your pun strategy as always what you're going for in the rest of your team. Uh, and also the size of your league, like Tyler saying, this is a 12 team nine cat. So all those factors go into play. Um, Marcus soul, just doing Marcus Soul stuff, like you said, only shooting forty percent, but uh, hitting threes, getting rebounds, getting assists, uh, getting uh, two steals a game. Obviously, that is not going to persist. But like Harden is currently ranked per average eleventh, and like there's a good chance he's ranked per game like third. Well, here, here was soon. the crazy. Here was the craziest part, and this is what I tried to explain to the guy. Okay, so. You could potentially totally be shifting your team here. Yeah. Because both the guys he gave up are good field goal percentage guys, right? They're they're strong. They're terrible free throw and three-pointer guys. So that's there. They're both good at rebounding. They're both not very good at assists. I mean, Giannis is, but Capella doesn't really help you in that category. And you kind of flip that. You're probably getting more points from the Harden side. You're probably getting, you know, a lot more three-pointers. I mean, Gasol's averaging 1.8 for the season. He averaged 1.5 last year, so that's a complete shift. Gasol's been a good free-throw shooter. Harden is probably the best free-throw shooter in the league, right? So you're completely changing that category. And you're getting two of the better assist guys if you frame it as Gasol's assist just as a center. He's one of the best assist guys as a center. And Harden, we've seen him average over 10 assists a game. 
So he kind of made a really big turn to his team, but I liked it. Yeah, I, I think that's a really good trade. And like sometimes, sometimes you might have a good team, but they all don't fit together. Uh, sometimes you might have great players, but you're not winning weeks just because. Yeah, you can't the, go best player available in every round and and win the league necessarily. Yeah, like the the rest of the league might just be uh, configured to where the, they're beating you in, in certain categories uh, half the weeks, and the other half the weeks are beating you in the other ones just because you're not really competing one way or the other one. So, so you got to decide to make a move, and, and I think this is a good move. It kind of gives your team an identity and gives you some elite stats from uh, a guy like James Harden as well. Yeah, so I thought just that was cool, and it was it was a different trade to think about because that's not kind of the high end move you see that often. So I enjoyed thinking about it. Yeah, that is not a normal trade, and um, an interesting trade and a good one. So shout out to Tyler out there for coming up with that trade. Uh, let's talk. Let's get into it. Let's go into our hot, our top five buy lows for uh, week four here. Uh, Tyler, you got a you got a pretty good list. In fact, you got a list that's longer than five, so we might have to talk about more than more than five. And well, one of the men ruined it, so I wanted to add a sixth. Okay, one of them ruined it, and it was tonight. And his name is Enos Cantor. When he had twenty three points and twenty four rebounds and seven assists against one of the worst teams of all time, the the Chicago Bulls. And here's why I wanted to leave him on the list because. Some folks might look at that and go, oh, it's just against the Bulls. Bulls stink. Or they might not have even paid attention to that game because other than Mike, who's got some sort I, of something wrong with him, I can't imagine too many folks were tuning in to the Knicks and the Bulls this time of year. I would not recommend watching a double overtime game with the Knicks and the Bulls. I would not recommend it. So here's what I was hearing up to this point. All weekend I was fielding questions because – like, you know, we're big Enos Cantor guys, right? Obviously, love Enos Cantor. I know Mitchell Robertson's coming in. He's starting. A lot of people are worried about Enos Cantor. But, Tyler, you know better than that. Right. And we saw six straight games where he played. The most he played was 26 minutes, and there was a couple 19, 20, 21, 20-minute 20, uh, games in there, and people were worried. Enos Cantor's still going to get you points, rebounds, and shoot good percentages. Even in 20 minutes, he's going to be standard league ownable there's always going to be games where he bobbles up and does something crazy like the 24 and 23 he dropped against the Bulls. So if people are valuing Enos Cantor, like as an even like, you know, top, he's definitely a top 75 player in my book. So if someone's valuing him outside the top 100 and you can buy low, I think that's a great move. We're going to see now this Bulls game happened. We might not see it, but I think that there was plenty of people who were getting ready to drop Enos Cantor because he wasn't playing that many minutes. And if Enos Cantor gets dropped in your league, I think you pick him up. There's yeah. going to be games that he struggles too, like against the Warriors. Like he did okay. He got 13 and eight, but like that's just not a good matchup for him. He's not a good defender, especially against quicker guys. So it's not going to be a, a great you know, smooth ride all the time, but there's going to be plenty of 15 and 15 games that are going to, you know, make it work out. Yeah. I'm not worried about it for the same reasons. Just like limited minute Enos Cantor is still pretty good. Extended minute Enos Cantor, which is going to happen more until Porzingis gets back. Uh, if Porzingis gets back, uh, even with Mitchell Robertson coming in, maybe playing more minutes starting, you're still going to occasionally get the extended minute Enos Cantor. And that is a 
23 and 24 type of night. So still a guy that you might be able to buy low on. Uh, another guy on this list um, is really um, struggling. His name is uh, Jeff Teague, a guy we have highly touted going into this season as kind of a sleeper. We 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 ha- we were on him last season, and I think rightfully so. We were on him last season. This season, pretty pretty slow start, but Minnesota is a hot mess, and I think that's you know one of the major factors here. Well, and we've seen an injury for Jeff Teague too, and I think that's important to note that you know True. he's got a little bit of a knee injury and. His knee injury is not really anything to worry about in the sense that he banged knees with somebody and he's missed uh, three straight games now. Um, and actually, it is four straight games because he is missing the game tonight. Um, here's the thing I'll say about Jeff Teague and the underrated thing about Jeff Teague is so he's averaging 30 minutes a game in the seven games that he's played this year and he's averaging 6.9 assists people underrate how valuable seven assists a game are now. Um, the it's seven hard assists, to find seven assists from anybody. Right. And Jeff Teague's had some games where he struggled um, scoring the ball. And a lot of that is this dysfunction on the Timberwolves team. But I think when Jeff Teague comes back, which from everything I'm hearing, he's not that far away. Um, he's going to get you some good assists. He's going to steal the ball. He's going to get you decent rebounds for a point guard. He's going to shoot threes. He's going to score. He's shooting 35.9%. That's not going to last for Jeff Teague. He's going to score you like 14, 15 points a game. Um, I'm not at all worried about Jeff Teague, and I think you could probably buy Jeff Teague for much lower than his value right now, especially with people worried about this knee injury. Yeah, and I think you got to play the long-term game here. A lot of people kind of forget that it's it's week four. Well, and if Jimmy Butler goes – yeah, and that's where I was going with this. Like, there's a lot of weeks left. Uh, it is just barely November, and Jeff T isn't going anywhere. I, I, I mean, he might. Like, I guess anything's possible, but I don't think he's going anywhere on this Timber Bulls team. Jimmy Butler probably is at some point, and when Jimmy Butler is not around, Jeff T takes a. Uh, more ball handling role. He shoots a little bit more and his stats go up and he is a very valuable, uh, definitely a top 50. He was a top 50 player when Jimmy Butler was out last year. In fact, he was uh, uh, quite a bit better than that. And you got to bank on like eventually, eventually all of this working out. Yeah. So um, I'm still very high on Jeff Teague. And if you can buy Jeff Teague in your league, um, I mean, we thought he was going too low in draft. So now that he's injured, I can't imagine that that price has gone up any. So maybe he didn't draft Jeff Teague, but you can buy Jeff Teague for even anybody outside the top 70, 75 players. Like, I would definitely do that. Same here. Uh, this guy was also going low in drafts. Uh, Gorgon Dragic, who has, um, you know, got off to a pretty, you know, I don't know, like a decent start. In Miami, like he's had some pretty good games. He's also had some um, – he's taken some craps in the middle of the floor as well. Uh, very inconsistent. Uh, had a few low-minute games as well. Uh, I'm not sure I'm – I mean, I, I think he is probably undervalued. He is playing worse than he will by the end of the season, especially when you look at his field goal percentage. But other than that, like I, I don't have a ton of faith in Gordon Dragic. You, you might have more. So here's the thing about Dragic. He played 25 minutes in a game, and then they had a couple of days off, and he sat out. And 
the word was he had a lingering foot issue and that the pain was pretty bad and it was the reason he was sitting out. And then he played on Monday night, played 34 minutes. I think, number one, Drogic was probably getting picked a little bit too low to begin with in drafts. And we talked about that a little bit during the preseason. Now people hear lingering foot issue. They hear things like, oh, he played a tw- he had a 25-minute game. People look at this Heat team like, oh, there's a lot of mouths to feed, and this guy could do this, and this guy could do that. But they don't really have anyone else to play point guard. Like, yeah, Tyler Johnson's not a point guard. It's one of the reasons you're seeing Justice Winslow get some decent assist numbers is they just need someone to handle the ball when Dragic's not on the floor. Dragic's always been able to score you, like, somewhere in the 16, 17 points a game range. He's going to get some decent assists. I just think Dragic could help your team, especially if you need those kind of stats. And I can't imagine the price is very high right now. Yeah, you're looking at a guy who was undervalued going into the uh, season. He's not playing that well. He's playing inconsistently. He's coming off an injury. Those are like all prime suspects for a buy low. And maybe he's not a world beater, but if you can finagle a mediocre some guy you picked off the waiver wire uh maybe he's got some interesting upside but you're you know like this guy's only gonna like he might be playing 24 minutes now but he's gonna end up playing like 16 next week uh and you can move someone like that who's like a hot hand right now for someone like Dragic who is got that point guard spot locked down in Miami and will probably be a top 100 player uh for the rest of the season if you could kind of make that switch, it might be a little bit, but on the like a, of improvement on the margins, but it might be enough to like bump you up in those in, in those point guard stats that gets you over the hump uh, for, on more weeks than than not. Yeah, and I just think Jajic is a guy who we know about what we're gonna get. Like yeah. we don't have to worry about him, whereas. I mean, we mentioned it with some of these other guys, like they're going to have some really up and down games. And so if you need just some consistency on your team, I think Dragic is the type of guy to buy. Let's talk about another guy on this list. Uh, Aaron Gordon, we're giving you six by lows instead of top five, uh, just five because Tyler is an overachiever. And Aaron Gordon is on this list, um, currently ranked per game 96th. He is playing 32 minutes a game. He's actually shooting decently at 46%. His free throw is atrocious as usual. And, um, you know, he's, he's getting you some steals and some blocks and some assists. He's not scoring that much. Like, he's not playing well, but he's also not playing, like, aggressively under his, um, uh, I guess averages and over the last so, few, two games, he's actually played uh, fairly decent. So, yeah. And, but so here's why, here's why I add him to the list. Okay. So it, if you play on ESPN and you look at that little like PR 15 thing that pops up, his number is negative at the moment. Now he just had a game on Sunday that boosted it back up closer to the positive, but it was a little bit further down. Uh, but we've seen a lot of kind of inconsistent games. I mean, he's played uh, ten, nine games so far, and in three of them he's scored nine points or less, and he's got a five-point game and a four-point game. 
So that's not great. And we've seen a lot of just kind of up and down in the rebounds too. He's got four double digit rebound games. And then he's got a five rebound game, a four rebound game. And twice he rebounded three times in a game. So I think that's a pretty good point is that sometimes uh, you go look at a guy's overall averages and you kind of look at what he's been doing and you go, all right, it looks like he's okay. Like he looks like he's fine. But from an owner's perspective, you see him miss a game, you see him get an eight-point game, and he becomes like an annoying guy to own. And like sometimes you can buy low on guys who aren't doing that, uh, like you know, who are only a little bit below their averages, but are annoying to their owners, whether they're inconsistent or their PR looks bad, um, or or just you know, they had some dud games, you know, and, and the owner's tired of starting them over other players and you're like, Hey, I'll take that guy long-term and Aaron Gordon's a good pickup. If you're, if you're looking long-term for the rest of the season. Yeah. So you got to look for the right owner. You got to look for the frustrated owner. And I mean, if it's Kyle McEwen, right. We had, we had our friend Kyle McEwen on in the beginning of the season and he talked about how high he was on Aaron Gordon for the year. Like you're probably not getting them from that owner, but there's probably some owners who, you know, they read someone's sleeper list and they picked Aaron Gordon inside the top 50. And now they're like, Dude, this guy, like, sure, he's had, like, four or five games where he's done good for me, but there's been, like, five games where he's killed me. Yeah, and let's say you were high on uh, Aaron Gordon going into the season. Well, he's not overperforming, so, like, you might have drafted him a little high, and and you're not getting really a ton return on that. You might So, like, that disappointment adds to the uh, the value – displacement there from that owner so uh, this is a good guy to target uh for uh, just to see if those owners are tired of of watching this guy struggle yeah and and this is what you got to look for especially in leagues where everybody's good like they're not gonna fall for those like ridiculous buy lows right they're gonna fall for these ones where they're like you know what man do i really want to ride with aaron gordon all year putting up four and five point games every you know once a week he plays three times and he gives me a a single digit point game and doesn't help me in a lot else in those games like that's what you gotta feed on and a lot of this a lot of the bad games are due to the magic getting absolutely blown out like those three terrible games i talked about the magic lost by 32 by 22 and by 25 you might be able to sell the guy that the magic are going to get blown out quite frequently because the magic aren't very good yeah, and we and we kind of talk about this all the time. Just a little upticks, especially if when you talk about, you know, someone who's ranked in the '90s or the '80s, uh, just a little bit better percentage, just a, an extra point three steals, um, just an extra point four threes, that n- knocks you into the top fifty. You know that 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 whole group from you know that 40 range to 80 range they're all kind of very similar but just a little bit more from guys who are struggling um that can that that can really change the outlook from uh just getting a me- having a mediocre player to having a, a, a fairly good player and i actually think this next guy falls into the same category uh jason tatum slow start shooting only 40 percent when he shot 47 percent last year um, I feel like that alone is, is a good reason to target him. But what's another reason you're considering Jason Tatum a buy low? So he's had basically all of his last four games have been 
below Jason Tatum par a little bit. And I think people are getting worried. I mean, I, so a lot of this list, I looked at the player radar for the last two weeks. And the theory there is how good is this guy playing right now? Okay, so that's kind of just a quick glance. You could pop at it and just check. Uh, Tatum was right around that kind of neutral level. Um, the big thing is his steals and his blocks are significantly down. He got a steal a game last year, and he got 0.7 blocks. Now this year he's playing two more minutes a game, and his steals are down to 0.6, and his blocks are down to 0.4. I don't see any reason why that's going to sustain. So you mentioned it. He's shooting worse percentages. He's actually scoring more points this year So because he's getting more shot attempts. So you got to figure if he gets some better quality shot attempts, he can maybe be like a 17-point-a-game store with a steal, 0.7 blocks. He's getting like seven rebounds a game. I'm not sure that super sustains. But one of the reasons he's getting a lot more rebounds this year is they started Aaron Baines in almost every game last year next to Al Horford. Well, now they're starting Al Horford as the center. And Al Horford does a lot of great things, but rebounding has never super been one of them. And so Jason Tatum, you know, playing at that forward spot is getting a lot more opportunities to rebound. So the 7.7 rebounds could be pretty sustainable. And we're talking about he gets that field goal percentage even up to 45. I'm thinking that's a pretty tasty top 50 looking player to me. Yeah, he's got that potential. He has that ceiling. And I think uh, if an owner is is worried about the too many, uh, too many mouths to feed in Boston uh, narrative, this could be a, a good snag for the long term of the rest of the season. Uh, Jason Tatum probably finishes in the top 60 at the very least. And right now, per game, he is ranked 87th. So it uh, could be a good pickup. The last guy... On this buy low list um, is a guy who's actually playing very well, but a lot of drama going on around him. It is the team killer, the garbage eater himself, Jimmy Butler, uh, sitting out quite a few games, making owners very nervous, and his future is is a big fat question mark. So, like a lot of good reasons to start looking at maybe picking off an owner who's worried about it. But Tyler, why, like, why do you have Jimmy Butler on this by low list? Oh, it really just comes down to this, right? He's played in seven games. He's missed three games. And I've been already hearing the chatter of what if he just decides to sit out until they trade him, which is potentially possible, right? Like he could do that. I just don't see that happening. Like I just don't really see him just saying I'm going to sit out for a good long while. Now I could see him continue to sit some back-to-backs here and just miss a random game every now and then just to try to, you know, matador the Timberwolves into trading him. But I just think in the games that he does play, Jimmy's going to be really good, and we've seen that. And he's really upset, and I think that's making him play even better maybe when he's out there on the court. Um, yeah, Jimmy. Jimmy's a killer, and like when he's mad, he's got passion to play. Like He's going to step up his game. And you really do have to worry, I think, a little bit, like you're saying, about like 
well, he's going to sit out. Like, you know, the Minnesota situation is going to force him to sit out some games. And owners might not like that. But like like we said, we really do think he gets moved at some point in the season. And no matter where he moves to, he's either going to be the best guy, the second best guy, or in the worst case scenario, which we've already talked about uh, in our mailbag episode, he'll be the third best guy on Houston. And that doesn't mean his value is going to go down. In fact, uh, he'll probably be a little bit more efficient. He'll have uh, worse defenders on him and he'll get uh, much better looks from someone like Chris Paul, not Jeff T. So here's the uh, other reality. I think he'll be fine. Is there a situation where he's not the second best scorer on the team? I don't Mm. see a team he could go to where he's not like, he's going to score more than Chris Paul if he goes to Houston. No, no doubt in my mind. I guess if he ended up in Golden State. Yeah, but I mean, okay, like that's not going to happen. Like, why would Golden State trade for him? You never know. And so I guess my big point here is I'm I'm big on Jimmy in the games that he plays. And here's the other reality, too. Like, we've seen Jimmy play over 70 games one time in the last uh, five full seasons. So perhaps missing the games keeps him a little healthier because he won't be playing the crazy 38 minutes every night with Tito and that may help his long-term health too. So yeah, I'm a big fan of Jimmy for the rest of the season. I don't really view him as any lower value than where he was getting picked, which was in that 15 to 20 range. And I think you might be able to buy him for your third or fourth, maybe even fifth round pick. Like I think there's definitely leagues out there where I offer someone like, Gary Harris, who's a top 50 player, but not that much in the top 50 and could probably get back Jimmy Butler. Interesting. Um, I mean, I'd like to be in that league, uh, but I I know and you know that we both value uh, Jimmy Butler greatly. So the, you're right. There could be people who – Dude, there's definitely you know, people where, because – Yeah, where, look because, where he was being drafted. Well, and there's there's definitely people because Jimmy Butler, like people are like, oh well. I mean, I literally have gotten the question in the last week three different times. What if he sits out for a long period? Well, it's possible, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, um, I agree. And uh, I'm going to throw in an extra. Well, this is like a a, a bonus uh, buy low, and I think we we got we got to this buy low a little too late because um, Jamal Murray, who had had a, a game or two where he had he looked pretty good and a couple games where he hasn't looked that great uh scored 48 points against the Celtics so you're by he had four assists five rebounds five three pointers um your buy low opportunities are, are, are probably over anyway if 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 someone liked Jamal Murray cuz i feel like a lot of people who drafted Jamal Murray wanted Jamal Murray and they know how good he is. I don't think a lot of people like were like, I guess like Jamal Murray, I'll, I don't know who this guy is, but I'll click on him. Like I, I'm pretty sure majority of the Jamal Murray picks were by owners who know how good Jamal Murray could can be sometimes. So, but I just wanted to put that radar out there that the buy low door has closed on Jamal Murray. <laughs> There's a door now. Hmm, good to know. There's a door. It's a buy low door and we are closing the buy low door because that is it for our buy low segment this week uh everybody we appreciate you guys listening check us out send us feedback on twitter you can find me at watch the boxes you can find tyler at tyler p watts 
rate and review us on whatever you're listening to this to, or check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash watching the boxes. Subscribers get exclusive content. They get access to me and Tyler, uh, and they help shape and support this podcast. We appreciate all you listeners out there. We really appreciate you Patreon subscribers, and we'll catch you next time. You probably want to cut it because you're getting pretty close to two hours, aren't you? And if it goes over two hours, it gets funky. Yeah, it gets weird. Um, All right, I'll cut this, and then I'll go to – I'll start another one. Okay.